everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of NGI's Hub and Flow. I'm Letitia Gonzalez, Senior Editor of Markets, and I'm joining you from Houston. Now, for today's podcast, I want to shine a light on the Permian Basin and specifically gas pricing in the West Texas play. The last month has been a whirlwind in the energy industry, and as the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated the supply overhang in both the oil and gas sectors, decimating demand across the United States and abroad as businesses have shut down, schools have closed, and stay-at-home orders have been implemented. Now, in that time, U.S. crude prices have plunged into unprecedented negative Tory and now sit under $30 a barrel. Gas prices, meanwhile, have also experienced significant volatility and currently sit well under $2. But amid the chaos, Permian gas pricing has been a bright spot as cash prices have risen by more than 75 cents from year-ago levels and forward prices have moved back well over a dollar across the curve. In today's episode of NGI's Hub and Flow, we'll take a look at what's behind the price improvement and what could lie ahead amid these uncertain times. So first, let's take a look at prices. And we'll start with cash and specifically once we emerged from the winter season. Um, specifically, I'm looking at the April 1st through May 14th period in 2019 and again in 2020. So last year, for that period, that month and a half period, we saw Waha spot gas prices average at minus eight cents. So that means that on average, producers were paying customers as much as an average eight cents to take that gas off their hands. Now, if you were to look at the breakdown of prices on each of the days during that month and a half time frame, you'd see that actually on most days, Waha traded in positive territory. Cash prices even got as high as 85 and a half cents. But if you remember, what happened last April was actually one for the history books and the natural gas industry. Waha had been trading below zero on several occasions in the preceding months. But on that day in April last year, they took a major nosedive into negative territory, plunging as low as minus $9 on April 3rd before going on to average that day at minus five seventy-five. So again, this meant that producers were actually paying as much as $9 for someone to take their gas. Now, fast forward to 2020, and a very similar pattern has emerged this April. On April 20th, the same day that West Texas intermediate crew prices tumbled below $0 for the first time in history, Waha cash prices also cratered, this time falling to a new record low of minus $10, but of course, the average that day actually settled at about minus $4.74, which was still well above the record that was set in 2019. If you think about the time of year that prices reached those historic lows, both occurrences were in the spring when there's really little in the way of strong cooling demand in the southern states. But then there's also not much heating demand up north that's lingering around after winter. It's also a time when pipelines are carrying out their scheduled maintenance. So those two factors have combined for just, you know, disastrous prices during that time of year. So that's exactly what happened this year when Waha fell to minus $10. Not only was El Paso Natural Gas carrying out maintenance on its system, but Gulf Coast Express was also undergoing work, as was Northern Natural Gas Pipeline. Now, individually, each maintenance event wouldn't likely have had such an impact, but you put the three together and, well, you've got, you know, producers paying $10 for people to take their gas. Now, since then, Waha has improved and has consistently traded above zero. 
However, just like last year, that single day plunge really dragged down the average for the April 1st through May 14th period. During that time, Waha averaged just 68 cents. Now, that's still a big improvement from last year, 76 cent improvement in one year's time. What's more interesting, though, is that since that plunge to minus $10 on April 20th, Waha spot gas prices have actually averaged at an impressive $1.32, and prices in the Ford market have also improved. Just taking a look at the past week's data and then comparing it to the similar period in 2019 NGI's forward look shows that Waha prices averaged just about 38 cents in 2019. July averaged 63 cents. And then the balance of summer strip, which is right now, that's the June through October period, that was at $1.02 this time last year. Now, at that time, heat was already starting to build in, in some areas of the United States, and cooling degree days were averaging about 60% above normal. Now, that's not at all the case this year. In fact, the latest weather models are painting a very bearish outlook for the remainder of May. But still, Ford prices at Waha are faring extremely well in the face of this light demand. Waha prices over the past week averaged about $1.41 for June, $1.61 for July, and $1.61 actually for the balance of the summer. So you're looking at a roughly dollar premium or more to year-ago levels. Now, winter prices tell a little bit different story. There's not as big of a spread between the two prices from this year and last year. And that's mainly because demand is so much stronger in the winter and more gas is actually moving to market. But when you're looking at the spring and summer, what's really transpired to drive such a significant increase in prices? Well, to understand why natural gas prices at Waha have improved, you need to understand exactly what we're talking about when we're discussing Waha gas. When we talk about gas in the Permian Basin, we're talking about associated gas, the gas that's being produced as a byproduct of oil and other liquids. And what's happened over the past couple of years is even though gas prices in the region have declined, again, sinking below zero on several occasions, is that producers have continued to drill because it's really the oil that they're after, not the gas. For most of that time, it's actually continued to be profitable for producers to drill, even when they've had to pay for people to take the gas off their hands. In April, the Permian was producing more than 12 BCF per day of gas. So you've had that glut of supply flooding the market, even when there hasn't been enough takeaway capacity to move those supplies. We did see some relief last year when Kinder Morgan brought online its Gulf Coast Express pipeline last September. Prices got a bump, but that pipeline quickly filled and Waha prices cratered really quickly again. Producers have also put more gas into storage and flaring has been an increasing go-to mechanism for dealing with the glut. And we've actually got a couple more projects in the works. The Whistler pipeline that's being developed by MPLX and a couple of other midstream partners that would add about two BCF per day of capacity in the region. And then Kinder Morgan is also under construction on its Permian Highway pipeline. But both of those projects aren't due in, online until next year. And well, a lot has changed since those pipelines were first developed. After WTI, crude prices fell to a record low of minus $37.63 a barrel. Producers across the country announced huge cuts to spending and activity even as some improvement has been seen in pricing since then. The latest analysis 
but the team at Rystad Energy indicates that curtailed oil output in the lower 48 could climb to at least 2 million barrels per day in June. And then other shops also point to a dramatic pullback in production. So what does this mean for gas? Our friends at Genscape, they estimate that around 2 BCF per day of associated gas for every 1 million barrels per day of oil. So if you take Rystad's estimate for fact, it means that we could see at least 4 BCF per day decline in associated gas production here in the U.S. Now, of course, this all won't come from the Permian, but I mean, it's certainly going to account for a big chunk of it. The Rystad team said that Permian focused producers and Permian pure plays, they're driving about 42% of the oil curtailments that firm expects to see in June. And we're already starting to see some of the declines showing up on the gas side. Energy Aspects said earlier this month that they're seeing Permian flows down by about half a BCF per day week over week. And that was during the first week of May. Now, for the entire month, they're expecting Permian production to fall just over one and a half BCF per day month to month. And really, they're not even expecting to see any kind of recovery in gas production until the second half of next year. BTU at Analytics is also seeing a similar decline in associated gas output. But of course, as Genscape and others have noted, a lot of these oil areas also happen to be in places where the pipeline samples are really obscured by a heavy presence of interstate pipelines, which means they don't get they don't offer the same transparency as those pipelines regulated by FERC. So what this means is that the gas production models in these areas are prone to larger modeling errors. And it really means that production declines could wind up being even larger than what the pipes are showing. Nevertheless, it does appear that Permian production will continue to decline in the coming months, with some analysts expecting a bottom in September before any rebound would even commence. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the Permian was producing more than 12.5 BCF per day of associated gas in April, and some estimates are pointing to production falling to around 10.5 BCF per day before picking back up. Now, of course, all of this is very dependent on what happens in the crude market. We're just days away from the June contract expiration, and there are no doubt some jitters in the market given the unprecedented plunge that took place last month. But producers have been also working hard to avoid a repeat of last month. In addition to cutting their production, some have also taken out storage capacity in the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Others have chartered carriers to store their oil. And then you've also got demand starting to come back, with cities across the country slowly reopening their economies amid the coronavirus. What's certain, though, is that NGI will be there to cover the latest developments, and we'll do our part to keep you informed. NGI works to provide natural gas transparency for the Americas. This podcast is a part of our efforts. For more on pricing and other markets across North America, please visit naturalgasintel.com and check out our daily gas price index. This is Letitia Gonzalez. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub & Flow. I wish you good health, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Take care. 